Good morning, November 16th, 2023. You're on with the Zarin Coach, our uh, Thursday uh, first show of the weekend, looking at the uh, weekend events. But, man, you've been uh, – you went to a couple uh, couple hoops games this week, didn't you? Yeah, first – something that I've done in my life for the first time, gone to two NBA games in three days. So I was actually in Milwaukee on Monday – seeing the book Bucks against the Bulls. And then uh, I was back at the UC yesterday, saw the uh, the nail biter, what ended up being a nail biter between Orlando and the Bulls. So um, yeah, I'm, I, it's always fun when you do it, but the next day I pay a little bit. Yeah. I'm getting to that age that when I don't get my perfect sleep, I, I struggle. I, I hear you. I got back from Vegas this weekend. A lot of people asking me like, are you tired? I go, really, really know at my age, uh, you, you, you get up during the day, you you do your gambling, and then uh, as the night gets gets going, you start to get loose steam, and you know by ten o'clock you're ready for bed. Yeah, actually, the West time zone is perfect for guys like us because we get up early and we get tired anyway. So it's good that the games are done. You know, the like the NFL primetime games are done a lot earlier out there, and, and you can stay up almost for the whole game, right? I was going to tell you that that's something I was going to mention today. It's beautiful. Uh, I think the first game on Sunday started at 6.30, which you, you and I are up. I was up at 6.30. I had already uh, placed a couple wagers. And then uh, their first, the primetime games are at 10 o'clock, which is awesome. And really, you're you're, you're winding things down. It, it, before even dinner starts, the games are all over for the day, which is kind of nice. And then you just have the night game that starts at 5. And really, by that time, you know, you eat dinner and you see the second half and it, it, it's, it really is a great setup. Uh, you know, I know the guys that, that live out there love that, that setup. I wish we had uh similar, but uh, you know what, that's why we work for retirement. Yep. So I, I wanted to, uh, I came across a little angle I'd like to share with our uh, listeners and this is not a long-term angle. Okay. But it's more of a recent thing. And, and really I picked it up because I've been now to three bulls games the Bulls have a lot of guys that don't want to work really hard, Coach. That's that's the easiest way to put it, um, with the exception of Caruso and maybe a couple other guys, and they don't. And and Caruso and these other guys that work hard, Coach, they're not in the starting lineup. So you know what happens at the beginning of every game? The Bulls fall behind. Uh, now, last night I took um, – so primarily first quarter and first half, but – but I've been betting first quarter. Last night I was given a half point and really <laughs> Orlando should have been up by more, but they were tied. And then the Bulls came back and scored a, a whopping 12 points in the second quarter. And then all of a sudden they turn it on in the second half when teams stop playing defense. That's my, that's my rationale behind it. When teams come out at the beginning and they're actually a little, especially these young teams like Orlando and Detroit, and they're a little fiery and they want to, they want to play some defense and everyone's ready for the game. Bulls can't score. Uh, and then you get to the point where they're like, oh, we got a 15, 20 point lead. You know, now we're going to play a little lax days ago. That's when guys like Levine start nailing three pointers because the pressure's off. No one's on them. Um, but here's something. Now, I've, I think I've won this four times now. First quarter, whoever's playing the Bulls. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks were minus three on Monday. And I, I want to say they were up double digits at the end of the first quarter. And then you had um, last night, Orlando was plus a half for the first quarter. And uh, they ended up tied 21-21 at the end of first quarter. But like I said, it was, you know, it was one of those things that 
you could tell that Orlando was just on the brink of, of breaking out. They were getting so many good shots. You know, when you watch the Bulls, they struggle for bad shots and they miss. Um, Orlando was having wide open shots and they were just not hitting them, you know, and you know, in the NBA that that tends to fall and or it tends to change and it changed in the second quarter. So if you are interested in tailing this, I'm going to play it till I lose. I'm going against the Bulls every first quarter and I may start sprinkling first half too but definitely first quarter every single game until I lose I'm going against the Bulls and right now like I said I'm 4-0 I've played it four times they've played more than four games but I didn't play them in uh in every one of these but um I've, I've played it four times I'm 4-0 um so it's so far it's it's doing pretty well I'm playing with house's money now Right. And in, in the last couple of times I followed you on that, you texted me and, and, and last night uh, it won easily. So uh, not not bad to, to ride it. Uh, this could be something that could go on for, for quite a while. Right. I mean, you don't see any change in this Bulls team. So, uh, well, they, they're talking about trades already. I, duh, you should unload Levine with with his terrible contract. I could have told you that last year when teams actually wanted him. Now you got to wait until almost January, or February, when someone gets hurt and the team's like, "Oh man, we got to replace this shooter. Uh, we'll overpay for Levine." They're not going to. They're talking about they should trade him. Um, and no one wants them. That contract, no one's going to want it um, until they they are in the nitty gritty time. So. Like you just said, I don't see it changing because I don't see the Bulls being able to change their lineup for a while. And uh, and this this is just who they are. Yeah, and, and and speaking of changing, this is a great segue. They're changing the court from basketball court that you were there last night to the ice tonight, right? And uh, we got Connor Bedard back home after the fresh uh, mom's trip through Florida, and now they got uh, the Lightning back. Um, you know, a little revenge spot for the Lightning, but uh, do we go with the Connor, uh, the Irishman tonight, or what? Well, you know what, the Irishman has been very good to me. It's like a pot of gold, Coach. You know, <laughs> it's the, it's a pot of gold under the rainbow, man. I'm playing it, and and you know, I I'm gonna continue to play it. It has not won every night because it involves um, Bedard scoring. However, those of you who've been following the Hawks, you know, he's had two games, I believe. Um, within the last four where he scored two goals, one of which was in the, I think two in the first period. So um, he's getting his shots. He's starting to develop chemistry with the guys around him. I'm playing it. And um, you know, I've been adding mine on top of that. My over points. Uh, I've just been doing over a half point. And those of you who don't know much about hockey, similar to me, uh, the, the, advantage of going over a half point is you also get his, uh, you get, you win it if he gets an assist, but doesn't score. Uh, he's actually been scoring more than assists right now, which, which is a better payoff. Um, and by the way, FanDuel is the one that I've seen that has the best odds on that, on his scoring. So if you're looking for a book, I don't use FanDuel too much, but I exclusively use FanDuel for this because they are at sometimes 400, uh, points better than DraftKings on the the Bedard um, first goal of the game. Speaking How about you, of that, play that? And while I'm going to talk to you about this, I got an interesting story. Uh, Sunday, I'm in Las Vegas, right? The Blackhawks are playing, and I'm in Circa, and I'm about to place a bet. And I look at the window, and I can't get any props at Circa, right? 
So this guy hears me because I say, oh, crap, I can't get the Bedard goal. Oh, well, you know, I figured that in Vegas. The guy explains to me, and this is interesting, and I and it's good information for you and anyone who's listening, but you know FanDuel's not allowed in the Las Vegas limits. Neither is DraftKings, right? And uh, they don't like to place those bets because they feel that they lose a lot on those bets on props. So the guy tells me, I go, damn it. He goes, I just went across the street to Sam Boyd's. Well, Sam Boyd's book is the only book in Las Vegas that will take all, they put up all of FanDuel's um, uh, props. And they can, because an interesting fact is he told me that the roundabout way for FanDuel to get in there is they invested in Sam Boyd's casino and their sports book. So they offer all the same lines and props. So I ran across the street and got a Bedard goal for plus 200. How do you like that? And that's good information. Sorry, sorry for the silence. I was on I was on mute because I was coughing, and then I, my hand was away from the mouse. So awkward silence. No, that that's you know that that's great information because I am always out there, and I feel like it's the good old boy network that Vegas doesn't have to let anyone in, so they don't. Uh, they get to set the rules. The people have been there, and like you said, they they don't. Fanduel's kind of like an up and comer, but I wonder. Do you think this is the future of some of these bigger books? Because I noticed that DraftKings has a headquarters in Las Vegas now. They said one of the biggest office spaces in the United States, I think, or at least in Nevada, um, is is has been built built for DraftKings. So unless you're thinking about doing something similar, why would you put your headquarters there when you're an East Coast company? I don't know. What do you, what do you think? You think this is a future that they're mm-hmm. going to try to buy into casinos? What do you think? Well, it's interesting. We had a couple conversations with people that live out there, and this is probably a whole nother segment, but they said uh, a lot of uh, independent like DraftKings is trying to to build a book off the strip. They're trying to get this approval. They just built a huge outdoor uh, book in Scottsdale that's doing really well. It just opened uh, in the beginning of November here. So that's the way of the future. And I, I think that a lot of these guys, I think FanDuel and DraftKings is now finding a way to get into Las Vegas and uh, and make some money. So I, yes, I yes I do think that we're going to see a, a DraftKings at some point in Las Vegas. I I just don't know when or where. But uh, it's all about the money, and and somebody's going to get greased there. And you know how it works. That that Formula One too. We could talk about that forever. But that's an interesting thing, and to see that whole setup. And I didn't realize that they had a ten year contract at twenty billion dollars, the most a city. Right. Twenty billion dollars. Everyone's bitching and moaning about what this is costing uh, the city. But but the, the fact of the matter is there's people making a lot of money in Las Vegas off of this. And and Formula One came in and said, we'll give you 20 billion dollars for a 10 year contract. So some of this crap that they're building is going to stay up all year round. They just can't tear it down. So the landscape of Vegas is never going to change. And some of the people who live there, you know, discussing with them, I mean, they 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 cut out 10 10 trees in the front of the Bellagio. You can't see the Bellagio at all. It, it's, it's, uh, it's just one big racetrack. And it's kind of, I mean, if you like the, the lights and the, in the picturesque of Vegas, it wasn't, it was, it surely wasn't that it was a very chaotic. The traffic was atrocious. If I didn't get picked up at the airport uh, by a buddy, that would have been uh, an 80 to hundred dollar surcharge. I mean, it's, it's crazy right now. So they got some things to figure out, but we'll get in. Let's get into the Thursday night football. That's a whole nother. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother show. So uh, Monday night football, we got two. We finally got a good game. You got two teams here that really uh, this should be a good one tonight. Uh, they're coming off of two losses. Uh, Cleveland and uh, and Houston gave them two of the, the just a 
destructive losses on Sunday. Uh, so the Bengals need a win bad. They're sitting at five and four. The Ravens could probably use a win. If the Raven, Ravens after tonight have 23 days, they'll go 23 days with only one game. I, I just read that this morning. So typically teams going into uh, to a long layoff like that, they're, they're a little more motivated as opposed to coming out of a bye week and, and a long layoff situation like that. So uh, both teams need a win tonight. Uh, both teams are a little banged up. I, I know uh, defensively, uh, the defensive line of Cincinnati, I think Henderson, uh, their, uh, their defensive end is questionable tonight or doubtful. So uh, Joey Burrows has got to come up with a game and he's 14 and three uh, when the spread it, when he's getting points, uh, he's got to come up with a big one tonight or, you're going to be looking at Cincinnati looking on the outside of the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's this one is one of those uh, for Cincinnati. It feels like an elimination game. You know, they they uh, with Cleveland playing better and all the AFC being what it is. I um I really think that with that loss last week, Cincinnati's put themselves in a, a, a tough spot. And I don't know. That's a rough place to win in, in Baltimore. But um. But yeah, this should be a really good, really good game, Coach, and a really good game for the Craig Stildorf because you have a two teams that know each other really well in a short week conference setting, prime time. This game, while they both have the potential to put up a lot of points, I I think this has the uh, the beautiful making of a low scoring start to the game. Just kind of a AFC North slugfest to start. Um, try to establish your dominance and then wear the other team down, and then do what you got to do to win towards the end. I don't know. Uh, you you thinking the same, coach? Or where are you at on that? I agree with you. I think the Ravens are going to come out and try to establish a run, right? That lends to itself uh, to shorten the game in, in itself. So uh, the only thing that worries me is, and I had this discussion at the sports book this weekend, is you're looking at the NFL and and uh, I think the last 11 in a row primetime games have gone under, okay? And everybody's talking like, why Why there's so many unders? The unders are hitting at, a, at, at 25 to 7 at a 78% rate in primetime, Okay. That's just in prime time. But overall, the unders are hitting in the NFL as a whole. Why is that? Well, we had the discussion. There's only about 12 or 10 to 12 competent quarterbacks in the whole damn league. Look at how bad the quarterback play is. This is a QB-driven league. It is. Whether Whatever you want to say, there's a reason why that everybody jockeys to get that first-round pick to hopefully get that, that franchise quarterback. You got guys starting games that are just got awful. That game on Sunday night with Zach Wilson and the kid who's out of Lincolnshire. I mean, that it's just it's hard to watch. And the defenses aren't that great. It's just the the quarterback play is got awful this year. And if you look at the amount of guys that have had first year starts, it's just bad. Tonight we got two quarterbacks that are pretty good. Uh, I I think the Ravens are going to establish the run. I do like the under in the first half, but I think. We could see we could see an over tonight. Uh, I think you got a, a, a Cincinnati team that's going to be fighting for their life. The only thing that I do not like with Cincinnati, and I was actually leaning on them as a play, getting a plus three and a half. You're getting over three in a divisional game. That's pretty good. The one thing I do not like is T. Higgins is, is going to be out tonight, 
And I think T. Higgins takes a lot of a little pressure off of uh, Jamar Chase. So uh, I think that makes it easier to defend for the Ravens, a very good defensive team. So, th- so that takes that away. So the under for the first half definitely uh, is going to be a play for me, and I- I'm wavering on the-, the whole game. I think it was this morning, what was the figure? Uh, I think it was 46, right? Let me see here. Yep, 46 still. You still got a lot of, as far as the money goes, and I'm looking right now, you got 68% of the money going on the over and 32% on the under, which is, which I like that. I like, I like when the, when the number uh, of, of bets and money is on, uh, are uh, low on our end. So that's a good thing. Cincinnati's getting the, the, the bigger money uh, with the plus three and a half. That makes sense. You know, divisional game, you're probably going to get a. They're thinking it's a three point game either way. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's uh, the thought process. Right. So, so you're exactly right. Um, you know, just to piggyback on on some of the things that you just said, if you're an offense coordinator and you know that the uh, quarterback play is not very good, you're gonna you're gonna be conservative until you have to be, right? Like that game, um, you know, they didn't want Wilson passing the ball unless it was a very safe one read. Um, if he misses, it can't be picked. They don't want Wilson to be in a position where he has to win games. And I know that I'm probably in the minority because when he has his good games. You know, he blows the doors off of bad teams or when the game gets out of control, he pads on the points. But I I still don't believe Jackson can win games against a good team. Um, last week, I didn't watch every single second of that game, but I'm sh- pretty sure Baltimore had the ball and had opportunities to win the game if they just go down and score one more time. And Jackson couldn't lead him um, against a good defense. You know, the the key here is a good defense. I don't know if Cincinnati's a good defense, but if I'm Todd Munkin, I'm going into this game thinking about, well, we 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 have to be careful that we we don't let Lamar lose the game, um, and so we got to pick and choose our 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 opportunities to to score some points and hit the home run. But really, we need to control the game with the run game and keep Burrow off the field. Um, and then hopefully we can establish, let our defense play, keep them off the field, keep them fresh. And that's, that's the way I, my mindset would be right. We don't, we don't want this tip pass that gets returned for a touchdown, which happened um, at a key point in the game against Cleveland. Um, he's, he's just, he's a heck of an athlete. He's a good quarterback against average to below average teams. I don't buy it against good teams. Um, so anyway, to your point, when you have a quarterback that you don't really have confidence in or you know has a history of making these bad decisions, you try not to put them in that position, which means you're going to be more of a low-risk uh, run run, um, run ball control type offense. Take your shots occasionally, but they got to be safe and, t- and properly timed. Um, so that's what I'm expecting tonight, and you're seeing that across the NFL with all these teams that don't really have quarterbacks that they trust. Boom, and you can't go against the trend. Primetime unders, 25 and 7. They're winning at a 78% rate. Do you want to go against that? I don't know. And, hey, I got a college play tonight that I've been looking at for for a few days now, and I love it. I love the setup here. Boston College is at Pittsburgh tonight, okay? These are two uh, teams that you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. I mean, they've been up and down. What is it? Uh, 
Uh, Pittsburgh plays really well, then they play bad. Same thing with Boston College. They play really good, bad. At, they play really good against Florida State. They go to Louisville, they get stomped. They play good. They're great the next week. Boston College is a pretty good team, and they got a very dynamic quarterback. I would say these two teams are about even. You're getting three points with Boston College, and they just lost last week. And typically, if you look at their record after a loss, they play, they they regroup and they play a little better. I'm going to throw a little bit on Boston College tonight, the, the college game, plus three. They're going into Pittsburgh. Uh, I just think this is a pretty good matchup. I really like their quarterback. I like this team. I, I just – I. I've been following them because I've been following the ACC. It's just up and down, up and down. Now we're on a upswing for Boston College. They just lost last week, uh, so they should be they should be ready to 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 give us a good effort. Uh, you know they got they got stomped by Virginia Tech, and and before that they had won one, two, three, four, five in a row. So I think they regroup. I think they take care of Pittsburgh tonight. They're getting points plus three in an ACC conference matchup. Uh, I think it'll be a good game. I, I think we'll get Boston College. I think they'll win outright, to be honest with you. But, hey, I've been doing well. I could be wrong, but I, I like the BC tonight, the BC Eagles. Hey, why not? Uh, take why advantage. Not? Take advantage. Right. So, you know, you know, we got a lot of lot of um, kind of – we got a few standing bets, a few new ones. You know, in the end, all we're trying to do is do what, Coach? We try to win the day. That's it, you know. Try to win the day. Yeah, I think right, we're on everybody have a good everybody have a great Thursday. Later. All right.